Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of 4AM in Quarantine. I'm your host, Stephen Rivera, um, and I'm here with a very special guest, uh, none other than Stephen Corollis. Excited to have <laughs> you on, brother. I appreciate you hopping on with us, and uh, just want you to definitely share your story. Uh, Stephen's the founder and CEO of Pair the Agency. Um, it's a boutique public relations and brand development shop in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and I always get this question, right, um, to myself, right, is I see PR things, I see marketing, I understand marketing, but I don't necessarily understand, you know, the side of PR and what exactly it means. And I think that a lot of other people have that exact same question. So let's start off with that. What exactly is PR, man? And explain, uh, you know, how Pair the Agency kind of came to, came to life, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> I think it's really cool that you're doing this. Uh, yeah. It's a great way to spend this time. Uh, yeah, PR confuses a lot of people. Uh, I always get like, you know, what is that? What, what is it that you do? And, you know, when I think of PR, I, I think of a lot of different things. But I think the easiest way to understand it is like, PR is certainly marketing. Um, and I think under marketing is you know digital marketing pr and advertising those are like the three kind of buckets in my mind um and i think marketing and advertisers like marketers and advertisers we're all marketers but digital marketers and advertisers i think play in the same space a lot whether it's you know facebook ads or email marketing things like that uh, but pr is kind of off to the side and for that reason, like a lot of people never really dive into it. And I think it's a, it's a very specific skill set. Um, so real simply, what we do is we earn news coverage for businesses. Um, obviously, like news has changed over the years. You know, it's not necessarily reading a newspaper anymore. Could be a podcast, could be a blog could be, um, you know, traditional like Wall Street Journal, New York Times online. Then you have like uh, more innovative publications like Fast Company or Wired. But really at the end of the day, like we take what it is that you do and, you know, have you be present in the news publications, outlets, whatever it is, where your audiences go for their information. So a lot of people don't understand that there's, you know, kind of a middleman, a liaison between those news outlets and the companies, and, and that's us. So we help with your messaging, we help with those relationships, uh, we help identify the, the specific targets, and getting this PR, getting, getting yourself in these publications, helps with word of mouth, SEO, credibility, all those different things. Wow. Okay. So yeah. how, did, <laughs> how did Pair the Agency come about um you know was it just a, a thought you know I, I, did, did you start were you, were you always an entrepreneur um did you work for, in the corporate world for a little bit for a couple of pr firms and then kind of branch off on your oh, yeah. own or how exactly did did that come about yeah i was um at a few different types of companies uh first i was at canon the camera company Mm -hmm. And there I, I did what's called in-house PR. So you're working for the company on their 
uh, corporate comms team. And that was good. You know, I learned a lot. The pace was a little bit slower. In-house is traditionally a little bit slower because you're, you're only working for one company. Um, where at an agency, I've had anywhere from like three to like eight clients at a time. So naturally, the pace is going to be a little bit slower. And then from Canon, I went to like a 50-person agency in New York, which was fun. I was there for four years. Uh, it was a great experience. But what ended up happening was, you know, by the time I was a supervisor, I felt like I was almost running like a mini agency within the larger agency. And, you know, I kind of hit like a dead end there. I felt like I needed a change. So I started going on interviews at really big agencies and like some smaller agencies because, you know, I was doing the midsize agency thing. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I either got to go up or down here. Um, and the, the big shops, I, I wasn't really interested. You know, I, I didn't really jive with them. But some of these smaller agencies, you know, they had anywhere from like three to like 10 employees were really interesting to me. Uh, and I was connecting with the CEOs, um, connecting with the people who work there. And I just got to a point where I was like, okay, like I'm connecting with these CEOs on such a high level. I feel like I could just do what they do. Um, so I ended up deciding to start my own like freelance operation. So it wasn't necessarily an agency. I, I was just really at the point where I was willing to just take whatever income I could. <laughs> like, you know, whether, whether they wanted to consider me an agency or a freelancer, I didn't really care. I just wanted to get out on my own and like start exploring. So, and I, I think that's important too. Like you don't necessarily have to have all the answers when you start your own company. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are like, I need this to be perfect right off the bat. Not going to happen. Like you just kind of have to start and like, you know, improve as you go and improvise as you go. But so it was SKPR originally, just my initials. And I was doing some freelance work and um, my old shop actually gave me two clients when I left, which was really cool. Wow. Um, so I had like a little bit of a book of business. Yeah, kind of rare, but <laughs> it was like a parting gift. Um, so I had a little book of business and um, some, some income coming in and, you know, I just step by step, just kept doing the right thing and kept growing and got to a point where I was able to hire someone and then I was able to hire another person. And then I was like, okay, like, what is this now? You know, like, this is not a freelance operation anymore. It's becoming more of an agency. Um, and I never really wanted it to be about me. Uh, part of the reason why I did this was because I felt like there were just a lot of things about a PR agency that I would like to change if I had the chance. Um, and one of those things was compensating, compensating people fairly. Um, and another thing was just like, you know, having everyone feel like they're part of the same kind of team mm -hmm. and, and not having such like a rigid corporate structure. So just more, you know, a little bit more flat. So that like knowing that in the back of my head, I didn't want it to be SKPR. Um, so that's why I changed the name to pair the agency and pair is, is PR if you look at it. <laughs> ah. So that that's why I changed it to that, but I kind of wanted it to be like ambiguous and not really mean like, and not, not have like a super deep meaning. It's just like, it's fun. It's playful. 
logo is kind of fun. Um, and, and that's who we are. Like, you know, we're fun, we're creative. Uh, we, and you know, we can adapt to what you need. We're not just like traditional PR, but that's like kind of our roots, which, you know, comes, comes through in everything that we do. So that's just a little bit about how, how this started. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. I, I really do genuinely like the name. Um, cool. Yeah. I appreciate I like, it. I like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's different, right? It's, and you, you get yeah. so many different ways with it. Um, right. And you know, you can, you can go big shop with it or you can, you can be that small boutique, yeah. boutique shop where, you know, you, you cater to your, to your clients at a, at a deeper level. And I think that that's kind of what you're focusing on is, is making sure that you're having that personal level, um, you know, on a day to day right. because at the end of the day, especially in these times right now, right. With everything going For on, sure. you know, yeah. your clients want to see that you are, you know, there for them, right. No matter what. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that, yeah. you know, you understanding that and being on a personal level with them, not even just times like this, but always, but today is just right. ever you want to just be, be there for them and, and understand that, you know, we are in this together type thing. And, you know, that's how we treat our clients. That's how we treat our book of business and, and everything that we do. Um, just because again, like you said, it's, it's not about us, right? It's about right. relationships and the people that we meet along the way. And, and that's why I think that, um, you and I have such similar values and we're able to have conversations and, um, you know, talk about this on, on such a deeper level. Um, and, and again, I, I appreciate you hopping on with us because this is the type of, of, of conversation and flow that we want to have, right? Because, you know, without understanding the importance of the people first, your business, you know, you may, you may get lucky, make a couple of bucks, right? right. You, may, you may make some money, but it's not sustainable. Right. It's not sustainable. No. Without, you know, taking your clients and your people and putting them first. And whether that's your employees and the people that you work with, like you said, treating them fairly and, and compensating them fairly or right. it's your clients and the people that you work for, right. That you're treating fairly, you know, you're giving them fair priced um, yep. services. Yep. And yeah. Pricing has been a big advantage for us. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And because how, we're coming in, you know, how a third that, of the price. Yeah. How, how is that, um, you know, giving you, uh, a, a, whether it's a bigger book of business or more opportunity by just, you know, pricing it, pricing your services, maybe less than the guy next door, but still, yeah. but still showing that, you know, you bring that same value. How, how have you done that? Right. Right. Uh, well, I've always thought that PR is slightly overpriced. Um, and that's because there are a lot of inefficiencies in the practice. It's, it's a little bit of an outdated field um, just because I think the people who are teaching it aren't necessarily the ones who are in it. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I went to Hofstra and luckily like that's not necessarily the case at Hofstra. And I've been very involved in their program ever since I left. I was just on a call with um, one of their classes last week and they bring people like me 
into their classes to show the students like, hey, this is what's actually happening right now, mm -hmm. which is advantageous to them because then when they get out, they're not like, you know, blindsided by what they're actually doing every day. Yeah. Um, and, and that's super important. I don't necessarily feel like PR is like taught in a way that's, that it's actually being practiced or should be practiced. And just throughout the years, you know, I, I really had great mentors and I was able to like kind of pick and pull things that I liked from each one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I've just combined them into like my practice and my practice is, is lean. It's very efficient. Um, we use specific tools that I don't think a lot of other agencies use. So I'm able to keep things, you know, productive, efficient, all, all of these great adjectives um, in terms of like how we offer our, our services. So because I'm able to offer that, that lean service, I can knock off a couple dollars on the back end, which allows us to come in thousands of dollars cheaper than our competitors who are kind of these dinosaurs and they have all this extra stuff, all these extra employees even maybe that they have to pay for. So that's the advantage of being a small nimble agency with this type of mindset because we're able to just offer the same service, if not a better service for less cost. So I, I've just basically like cut out a lot of inefficiencies. Which so would, is, you say, would you say a lot of those inefficiencies are on the side of tech? Um, would you say yeah. there are tech inefficiencies? Yeah, I would say that there are tech inefficiencies. I also think there's just like, um, different practices that are just passed down yeah. that just don't apply anymore. You yep. know? And it's like, it's also understanding like, what does a successful person in 2020 look like? And they're not necessarily like suit and tie, like th those types of people. It's people like us, just like in sweatshirts, just like yep. hanging out in basements during quarantines. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's like you know, success. Success looks a lot different right now. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of, you know, the leaders of these other agencies that I'm competing with, these larger agencies, they still see success as like nine to five, suit and tie, like same kind of person where I, I don't see that. I mean, obviously there are successful people who are, you know, those types of individuals, of course. Um, but it's like, I can relate much better to you know, a tech founder with five, five people in his company or her company, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of these bigger agencies may have a hard time connecting with those individuals. Yeah. So I think, you know, and connecting in terms of like, just personable, like being personal with them and like, also just understanding what they need and like how to communicate with them. Like these people don't need emails that are, you know, pages and pages long. It might just be a text that like it may be as simple as just sending them a text and like you know at these mid-size agencies texting a client is like super weird but for me like i could just quickly text a client and be like hey you good with this and they'll be like yeah and we're moving you know yeah so it's just like kind of operating within the context of like who successful people are right now and and the way they operate the way they do business yeah and and just just looking at those archaic practices those archaic ways of doing things and um you know those inefficiencies right just by you sending someone a text or a quick email right right um you know could potentially save someone an hour of time right oh yeah maybe yeah. more than that 
you know, try or I'll just be like, I'll tell my team, I'm like, Hey, why are we asking our client for that? We should do that. You know, it's like just thinking like two steps ahead. And that's something where it's just like my personal, just like, like it's just my, my philosophy. You know, it's like, do it, just do it. <laughs> like if you can figure out how to do it on your own, you can just Google it and figure it out. Just, just do it for the client and say, Hey, we took a first crack at this. What do you think? Instead of saying like, how should we do this? Because most likely we're going to get it like 60 or 70% there. And they'll only need to spend a few minutes reviewing it versus like an hour or two creating something. So that's, that's really just like, that's huge. Yeah. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because, um, you know, that's a huge part of just entrepreneurship in general is yeah. being a problem, problem solver. And um, I think so many people waste time on just back and forth conversation when, yeah, you know, for you, sure. you could basically solve the problem, you know, five steps in advance, right? You can just kind oh, of yeah. Yeah. Try to solve the problem, you know, bring some sort of solution and it, and, and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? You could tweak it a little bit afterwards, but that saves you four or five steps, you know, before getting to that solution, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and in reality, like, you know, we were discussing like delivering the value and like the relationships during this time and how important that is. Like, I think what separates us from a lot of other agencies is we take the time to understand your business. Mm -hmm. um, so I work with people like I have a, a client in reforestation. I have a client in social media content production. We have artificial intelligence clients. We have a client that does um, like telecom repair. So like those cell towers, they repair them. <laughs> so we're in a lot of different industries. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I make sure that both myself and my staff understand those industries. And because we've, you know, taken the time and acquired that knowledge, our clients respect us because we can sit at a table and have a conversation with them about their business. And I don't necessarily think that a lot of other companies do that. Mm. Um, and that's really for me, like um, what's allowed us to keep all of these clients because they view us as like employees at their company. Like mm. they see us as like an integral part of their team, not just like someone that they went out and hired. I love that, man. Yeah. It's just, yeah. again, it's just connecting on a deeper level and putting yeah. yourself in a position to be able to connect on a deeper level because, you know, it's even, it's even with your relationships in your personal life, right. Where, um, you know, the more, the, the more questions to ask, right. The more, the the more you're able to listen to someone, whether it's in business or in, you know, your personal life, you're going to excel that much further and you're going to be able to build that relationship that much deeper just because you're you're listening and i think that's such such a big piece of value and it's such a big nugget that that people can take is just listen more than you actually speak right because yeah listen the better you'll be able to respond to that person that company that ceo whoever you're dealing with it doesn't matter it's listening is the key because if you listen intently you can actually respond intently and have an intentional response right right and 
I'll take that even one step further. Um, just had a conversation with uh, someone on my staff and I found that we were going into a lot of conversations with current clients or, or new cl potential clients um, just kind of blind. And like, we're all smart on my team. Like we, we all know what's happening in various industries and stuff like that. Uh, but I found that like, even just an hour of prep work before a conversation can put you miles ahead of where you would have been if you didn't do that prep work during that conversation. So it's like listening, yes. But if you're listening with that ammo in your back pocket of, I already know X, Y, and Z about this company. Um, when something comes up, you'll read the conversation, listen, and then be able to jump in with something that's like just so like perfect and contextual and like <laughs> fits the conversation so well that you'll make an instantly like great first impression um or just impression at any time um and like goes back to like that value like if you're having a conversation you're coming in with something that like no one had to really tell you or or teach you you just kind of learned it on your own and then from listening intently like you were able to chime in with something that was really smart and relevant like that's, that's so important and that's, you know, impresses our clients. So I've been telling my team, like if we have a call, um, like one of our clients, they're working with this really big deodorant company and we have a call with, with that deodorant company and our client um, later today. So instead of just going on the call and like listening, we did a prep call yesterday internally and went through like anything that could come up on this call. And we basically just practiced for the call so now today I'm hoping that it's going to like, you know, pay dividends because we're going to have all this background information. So I think like there's any prep work you can do researching just a quick Google can get you so much further than just going into something blind. Yeah. 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 It's, it's almost a mix between having the previous education and knowledge, right. And actually right. listening to the question, then all of a sudden you're coming back with this, such an intentional response where, you know, you're almost blowing the matter right. of water, right? Because you're actually knowledgeable. Right, right. And you listened and what they had to say. Right, right. And one of my old bosses, he's like, like, if you don't have something to say, you shouldn't be in the meeting. <laughs> Which is kind of like, you know, kind of mean, but true. Like, because, yeah. you know, we would have this problem of just people just sitting in on meetings and not talking. And it's like, well, in reality, like, do you need those people here? Probably not. Uh, so like the way to get around that is be knowledgeable on the meeting you're about to have, you know, like make sure you understand what's going to be discussed so you can actually discuss it. And then, yeah, like blowing clients out of the water. That's what we have to do to compete because we don't necessarily have that, that name recognition right now or that, that clout, you know, so I have to earn it like day in and day out. I, I can't take a minute off in terms of like, just, just not being fully prepared. So if I go into a meeting as the CEO of this company with, let's say, other leaders of other companies, whatever it is, like a client and a couple of partners, and I'm just like kind of hanging out there, not really talking, it's like, all right, well, why do I have this agency? You know, like, why, why is he in this meeting with me? Yeah. And I, like my goal every day is to not, not run into that situation. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's preparation. Uh, a lot of research and understanding the context of, of that conversation and then just 
you know, utilizing the knowledge that I already have also. Um, and just also, it's just like kind of going for it sometimes too, you know, you can't be nervous to share your opinion. You can't be nervous about being wrong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's just with everything. It's, it's just about, um, you know, taking action, taking that first step, right. Um, whether it's in business or, or again, in personal life, it, it kind of goes hand in hand and, and, right. you know, that's why I love having these conversations again, I, like before, before we hopped on, I was just kind of talking about, you know, why I started the podcast and, um, you know, there's a bunch of reasons, but one being the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm selfish because I'm able to learn from, from guys like you, from, from, you know, people in business and, and in personal life, what's working for them, what's not, you know, and, and, uh, it helps me yeah. build my business, it helps yeah. me be a, a better leader, helps me be, you know, just a better, uh, person in general. Right. So, um, you know, that, that's just, that's just one reason, sure. how, you know, I started the podcast. I, I love it. I, I <clears throat> truly do. Um, so let's hop into, you know, the, the, like who is PR for, right? What, you know, why, why do you need PR? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people think that PR is more for these larger companies we're doing mm -hmm. big commercials, these big articles, but right, right. Can it can it be used for a smaller company, whether it's a, a sole proprietorship or a one man, two man show? Yeah, for sure. Um, anyone can can get news coverage. I mean, that's the beauty of what we do. And I mean, if you want to talk about like just real quick, like recessions, depressions, pandemics, like the news doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. you know so right now the news is like in warp speed um there are articles being put out left and right most of which have to do with coronavirus right so you know if you're someone right now who is like hey like my business is actually doing pretty good most likely it's because you fit within the context of this pandemic in a way that's helping people right or in a way that's uh essential so like you know shelter is essential homeownership is essential <laughs> like you need you need shelter so people are going to continue to buy houses and you know given given that it potentially is going to be a buyer's market from what it looks like you know people who are smart are going to be buying up property right now so like i said if you are doing well in this environment uh it's a great time for pr doesn't matter if you have, you know, if you're one person company, 50 person company, you know, 100,000 person company, doesn't really matter. Um, these reporters need information. And I think that's another part of this pandemic that lends itself so well to PR. Um, everyone's information starved, you know, because we're in such an uncertain time. So it's like, what's going on with, with property uh, prices? You know, what's going on? with taxes what's going on with all these different things um and when there is so much uncertainty like we're seeing now where do people go for information the news so a lot of these reporters um are putting out queries like hey i'm doing a story on uh this i'm doing a story on that whatever it is i need this information and it's it's my job and my team's job to, to figure out who needs the information and when and then to get them the information 
Um, so, you know, obviously we have certain industries that we're operating in right now. So we're looking at those spaces, but you know, really anyone who's doing well right now could be getting PR. It doesn't really matter what size you are. Um, you know, we, we just got a client, he's an accountant for e-commerce brands, uh, but he's, he's a one man shop and we've been getting him a ton of articles because, uh, with all these SBA loans and tax implications, people are asking questions. So they need, they need experts to answer those questions. Yep. Um, so we're just, we're just kind of marrying the, the need for information and the people who have the information. I love it. I, I yeah. really do. Yeah. And I think a big, a big question of mine would be, and I think a lot of people probably would have that same question is, you know, we're seeing a ton of just negativity these days, right? Every time you, yeah. hop on news, every time you, you know, hop on, even if you hop on Instagram, you know, you're seeing a ton of negative things about the coronavirus and about, you know, everything going on with the pandemic. So how does someone like you, right? Um, you know, how do you navigate that negative information being that, you know, I'm not in PR, right? So I'm able to kind of, you know, I'm able to kind of close that door, right? And kind of stay away from it. Um, right, right. Yeah, I have to be in it. <laughs> yeah, you're in it, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Every day where right. I'm able to say, I don't want to listen to this. I don't, I don't need to, you know, open my mind up to this. How do you keep, you know, your positive mindset during those times? And then also, how do you, how does you, how do, how does you and the pair agency, you know, how, how are you promoting, you know, positivity during these times with, you know, potentially other articles? Because, you know, as an agency, you could definitely feed into that negativity as well. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I think uh, a couple answers to that. First thing I'll say is, um, well, I'll I'll answer like the the structural part first, and then I'll get to the the client part. Um, I think structurally, like, I'm always someone who um, just lives like a minimalistic lifestyle. Um, I try and not stretch myself beyond my means. Obviously, there are things that I, you know, enjoy doing that I'll spend a little bit of money on. But like, when it comes to my business, I'm pretty frugal. Um, so like we had an office for a few months. I actually let go of it because I felt like I was just wasting money. Um, so when it comes to my business, like I bootstrap it, you know, I I don't really spend any extra money on, on silly things that I don't need. Um, like if we have, if we have a design need, I have a freelancer, I don't have someone on retainer like full time. Um, and that's the beauty of, you know, this environment right now, not the pandemic, just in general, like, um, there's such a a market for freelance work. Like you can go on Upwork or Fiverr and get freelancers. So basically like, you know, I'll just get it for a short period of time, which saves me a lot of money. So I bootstrapped the company, um, from day one. And, you know, when times got a little bit rougher, that was a lot, actually, you know, I was in a good position because, I've been bootstrapping from the beginning. So, you know, it didn't really hit me too hard. We didn't have an office. Like we didn't have a lot of overhead. So, you know, I I think that the takeaway there is like with your business, don't spend beyond your means. And I think a lot of businesses 
do that and now they're kind of suffering the consequences mm-hmm. you know like a lot of a lot of businesses who maybe couldn't afford that that shiny office they were in um or that extra you know three those extra three employees that they really didn't need um like just for vanity like it's it's hurting them now and you know this virus like it, it it's blind to anything like <laughs> it, it it like it it'll take anyone out you know it, it's not selective um so it's like if you're not strong on the other end of it it's going to take you out you know and we're seeing that unfortunately health wise but i think it applies business wise too like if your business isn't healthy you're going to have a problem right now um so i think that's the thing it's like just like making sure that you're you're healthy throughout your business repeat the question i i owe you another half all right fine so I, I want you to dive a little bit deeper into first, let's talk about this. You're, you personally, right? Because you're, you're surrounded the by negativity, right? Yeah, right. You're surrounded by this negativity all the time. How do you deal with it? Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, me personally, like, and it kind of ties back to what I was just saying too, because not a lot changed for me, you know, like I've been bootstrapping it from the beginning. So I didn't really have to shed a lot. I didn't have to shed anything, really. I was working from home. I have a, a solid, small team. So, like, nothing really changed for me. And because of the jump that I took into entrepreneurship, um, I constantly had to keep a positive mindset because there were, there were always things going poorly or great. You know, like, when things are really, really good, you can't get too high. And when things are really, really bad, you can't get too low. You have to stay even keeled. And I learned that through the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship. Like, you know, this may seem like a little bit more of a down, but um, anytime that I've been down, tremendous opportunity has come out of it and, and you just swing right back up. So that's definitely the mindset I've been taking personally. Business-wise, like I said, the business is, is healthy and, you know, thank God we're, we're doing pretty well right now. Um, so not a lot has, has really changed. Now with the clients, like you said before, things have changed because they, they now have to operate within the context of this virus because that's all the news is covering. Mm-hmm. So, so we've always tried to keep it positive with our clients. Uh, we, we don't necessarily like to go out with like scare tactic stories or like things to instill fear in people. Like that's not really our MO. Um, a lot of agencies are similar, you know, no one really tries to go out with like negative stuff, but there are certainly agencies that do that. Um, and I know who they are and they charge a ton of money. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like if you, if you want to get into that game, it's there, but it's a little bit unethical. You know, it's, it's not really a great business to be in. It doesn't really bring me joy. So I'd rather not go down that road. I'd rather share positivity and, and good stories. Sleep at night. So, you know, back to like, what happened? I said it and sleep at night. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, back to like that, that earlier point I was making, just like building a solid foundation. You know, I always tried to get companies that were positive and that I shared a vision with. Um, I'm trying to get deeper into the nonprofit space. We have one nonprofit right now. Um, so I've always tried to share that positive message in terms of the companies that we're representing. But right now, yeah, it's becoming harder and harder because um, everything has to be within the context of this 
crazy deadly virus. So, I mean, a month ago, a month and a half ago, I guess now, um, I told my staff, I was like, hey, like anything that's not coronavirus doesn't go out this door. Um, we can only talk about this virus. And we had to go to our clients and say, hey, like, you know, all that other stuff you were working on, we got to like kind of put that on hold right now. So it was a very difficult conversation to have, but um, we pivoted really fast and we worked with our clients to, to change their narratives and fit within this, this virus. And that wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy decision in the beginning because we had a lot of stuff that we were working on that we were very excited about. So to take something you were working on for, in, in some cases, six months and just completely throw it in the trash was very difficult. But we're always making sure that, you know, we're going out with stories that shine a positive light on our companies, put them in a good position, um, make people want to do business with them. So during this time, you know, we're just trying to focus on on what our company, our clients are doing well, how they're helping this situation. Um, and if they're not, unfortunately, we can't really work with them right now. We lost a couple of clients just because they didn't really fit within the context of coronavirus, you know? So it's just like nothing we can do, but we also gained two clients that, you know, one of them is, is a 3D printing company. They're making face shields. Um, so we're doing a lot of cool things with them. And then the other client that we got was this, this awesome accountant who is like helping all these e-com brands because they're exploding right now. So I'm, you know, as the owner of this company, just trying to connect with individuals who are doing well in this economy and, you know, give them my service because those are the type of people who need it right now. You know, if, if you don't need it right now, I, I can't really do it for you. So that, that's like, you know, that's how it's going to stay positive because if I can't keep it positive and give you this service, it's not going to work anyway. So I can't really have you as a client, you know? And it all comes back to providing tremendous value, right? Because, you know, it, it would be, it would be unethical for you to say, Hey, I could provide you a ton of value when, you know, you know that you can provide that person value. Right. And I think that's probably a good reason why. Right. Right. Lost the client. And I'm always honest with people too. And people appreciate that. Like I'll say straight up, like, Hey, we, we can't do this for you right now. You know, like it's not going to work. Um, and that that's during this and before this too. Um, and when I, when I say that people actually want to work with me more, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of crazy. They're like, wow, this guy's so honest. Um, but on the other end, like if I do feel like there's a lot of opportunity, I'll tell that person. I'd be like, hey, like you have a tremendous opportunity right now. You should seize this. Um, you know, spending this money for you is a good idea. And just let me prove it to you. And like, it's worked, like, I would say like 99% of the time. You know, it's like, if I, if I see that it's going to work, I'm super honest. I'll say, hey, here's how long I need to make this work. Here's what it's going to cost you. Here's what you're going to get back. And I always tell them like, exactly what I feel is going to happen. I, I don't sugarcoat it or inflate anything ever because it, it, all that does is just put my team in a bad position. You know, that's another thing a lot of PR people do. They, they, they overpromise and under deliver and that's, you know, it gives us all kind of a bad name. So that's why I'd rather be realistic, charge a realistic price and get them realistic results and keep them for, you know, twice as long as another agency would.
Yep. Yeah, o- o- over delivering is definitely key, especially uh, during during times like these, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because like we want to over deliver for sure, but we don't want to strap ourselves to a point where we start to almost like cannibalize. <laughs> and yeah, I'll give you a good example. Um, I was going back and forth with, with a potential client on price and he wanted a lower price. I wanted a higher price. And back to this honesty conversation, I said, look, the price that I need is not because I want to charge you more money. It's because if I don't charge you this price, it's going to hurt not only you, but my other clients, because I can't give the proper hours that I need to this. And then I'm going to have to like reconfigure all the hours from all the other accounts and everyone's going to get a worse service. (laughs) Yeah. And he understood that. He's like, okay, like I understand why I need to pay more now. And I said, look, this is a fair price. Like you're not going to find this price anywhere else, you know, but he was nervous about signing because he had never done PR before. And I said, look, this is exactly what you're going to get. He's like, wow, if, if you can get me that, then I'll pay that price. I said, I promise you, you will get that. And we've gotten him that and more. Uh, because I know, I know what, like, I've been in this for over 10 years at this point. Like, I know what's going to happen with certain things. So it's like, I, I know what's fair to charge them, you know? And I, I don't necessarily feel like we over deliver a lot. I feel like we deliver exactly what we're going to say, but I make sure that what I say and what I, you know, offer in the beginning is, you know, above board, fair, reasonable, like something that we agree on, like, and something that's going to deliver them value back to that, that point. So it's like, cause I have to be, I have to be careful about over delivering, you know, because we charge by the hour. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get over delivered to a point where it starts to hurt my other clients, you know, and it's a fine line. It's a fine line, but I think it just comes down to that efficiency conversation, like making sure that when I am having a conversation with someone, let's say I have, I have my client for an hour once a week in terms of like our weekly call, we make sure that that hour is a good hour that it's used efficiently, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I, I'd rather just be super efficient you know, deliver on our promises, then like go crazy, like, you know, try, trying to like really like deliver too much because you have to make sure that what you're doing is sustainable too. You know, like if you're, if you're doing too much, you're going to burn out. You're yeah. just going to not, not be able to sustain that, you know? So I think delivering sustainable value is important too. Yeah. And it's value in your time, right? Because that's, you know, yeah, I mean, for hour. sure. And uh, don't get me wrong. Like I put in the extra time. Yeah. You know, I put in the extra time, but that's me as the owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? like me, me as an owner, uh, uh, you know, I always check my laptop like nine, nine to 10 at night and just do a couple things extra. You yeah. know, that goes without saying that goes without saying, but that's behind the scenes. That's like me just like getting an edge. Yep. Love it. Love it. And I I definitely love that approach as well. Um, But I just want to change gears for for a minute. No pun intended. Um, I know know you're a huge cycling guy. 
So yeah. yeah. I, I, wanna, I just want to discuss how that has, you know, helped your mindset and how that helps you kind of maybe even in business, right? How, how does, how yeah. does that whole, you know, you riding for hours on end and, you know, at these, you know, high speeds and um, in these yeah. really cool environments, how does that affect your business in a positive way as well? Yeah. Um, it definitely helps my mindset considerably because cycling is a, is a really interesting sport. You know, it's, it, it's a team sport and it's not, not um, like it's a competitive sport, but it really just comes down to like, if you do what you're supposed to do, right. You're going to you know, beat people and do well, mm-hmm. which is kind of like business. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I, I don't, um, I try not to like look at other people and say like, Oh, I got to catch them. I got to beat them. Uh, but what I do try and do is look at myself and say, what do I need to do well to have success? And cycling is the same way. Like there are different techniques that go into like pedaling and where your eyes are when you're riding and the gear that you have, like all these different things that you can do for yourself that if you do them well, you'll be good at the sport and start to beat people in races or, you know, have better times or be more efficient than them, whatever it is. So it, it, I, I saw a lot of correlations um, between the sport and my business. And I started doing both relatively at the same time. Um, so like the, the connections for me were, were like very apparent and it's just fun. <laughs> like, and in terms of like, you know, obviously like different entrepreneurs, like whether it's yoga or meditation, like I, I definitely like um, do a little bit of those too, but cycling for me is like, you know, you can get into a rhythm. You could plan your routes. You can um, do better than you did last time. Like it, it's just such a fun sport that challenges me personally and, and forces me to think like, what can I do better? Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I've applied to like my whole life. And, you know, during a time like this, I think it's important to like set an intention. And my, my intention is climb. And I've taken this on over the past couple of weeks, but like, if you think about cycling up a hill or climbing a hill or a mountain, whatever it is, like, you know, you're not going to do it in one, you know, in one swoop. Like you're not going to go from the base to the summit in one big leap. You're going to take little, you know, like a little rock here, a little edge here and climb up. And if you're cycling too, it's the same thing. It's like stroke after stroke. So that's what I've been doing, you know, throughout this, this pandemic. It's just like, like, what, what little step can I take with everything that I do to improve and grow? And that's on a basis, right? It's like, you know, everything I do, making sure that's every single day, you're better than you were yesterday. Yeah. And then, you know, if you, if you relate it to climbing, it's like, look, if you take, you know, three pedal strokes up or, or, you know, you take three steps up on a mountain, you're higher than you were, you know? So that's, that's my goal every day. Just be higher than I was yesterday. And look, sometimes you fall, (laughs) sometimes you lose a little bit of traction, but just got to keep your head up and keep going. 
And that, that's been my attention throughout this whole thing, just climb. I love it, man. I, I love the correlation between just business and, and, uh, and cycling and, and climbing, right? Um, because like, yeah. you, you need have, a release too. You, you need a hobby. You know, yeah. you need something that you can just go to um, to just blow off some steam. Totally. And, you know, I, I don't really like watching TV. Um, I, I like just have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's good sport for me. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it gives you a little bit of, of an adrenaline rush as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't really do many dangerous things. I'm not a really dangerous guy. <laughs> so, like, it's a, it's a little bit of danger for me. You know, I feel like I need a little danger. All right. It, <laughs> it helps you live, live life a little bit more on the edge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, listen, I am so grateful for you hopping on. Um, I think this is going to give, give and provide value to, you know, our audience and everyone that's listening. And, uh, I can't, thank I hope you. so. I, yeah, I can't thank you enough because I mean, again, just everything from PR to the mindset to how kind of cycling plays into both your business and mindset. I, I, I love it. And, and just being a holistic, you know, person and, and a business person is yeah. so, so, so important. And I'm so glad we were able to portray that um, and share that with the audience today, man. So again, I appreciate you hopping on. Very, very grateful for our relationship and, and uh, excited for what, what pair the agency has uh, in its near future and beyond. Yeah, big things. We're, we're climbing, man. Thanks for having me on. I love it, man. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. And uh, we'll See talk ya. soon, all right?